Well, as I mentioned already, Heather Roy uh, is here with her family, with her husband Mike, her daughter Harper, and feel free to come on up if you, if you want. Um, it's a pleasure to have Heather speak to us today. Uh, Heather spoke last year, um, close to about a year ago, maybe about uh, 10 months ago in our church, uh, and that's still online. You can still find that message if you wish. But um, Heather today has a special message uh, that's not a part of the series that we're in. Uh, she's currently studying behavioral science, correct, uh, at Ambrose University. Following that, Heather has plans, Lord willing, uh, to attend the University of Calgary uh, to work on her master's degree in social work. Those of you who know Heather know her to be a person who's a devoted follower of Jesus Christ, um, someone who passionately loves people and has a big heart of compassion for those who are hurting. So it is a privilege to have Heather bring this message to us today. And before Heather speaks, her daughter Harper is going to read to us from Ecclesiastes. So please, Harper and Heather, please come when you're ready. God bless you. Friends and family give strength. Two people are better than one. When two people work together, they get more work done. If one person falls, the other person can reach out to help, but those who are alone, they fall, have no one to help them. If two people sleep together, they will be warm, but if one person sleeping alone will not be warm. An enemy might be able to defeat you, one person, but two people can stand back to back to different to defend each other, and three people are even stronger. They are like a rope, three parts weaved together. It is very hard to break. We're from the same household, so I can uh, touch the music stand after Harper. <laughs> um, man, I'm up here. I think the last time I spoke up here was on Mother's Day, um, which was an emotional day for me, and today feels also emotional. We are approaching the one-year anniversary of Evelyn's passing. And while I was sitting at the table there, I had a vision of her with all her friends dancing at the front of the church one year ago before we flew off to Toronto and uh, not even started and I'm already crying. Also not even started and I've already learned three lessons. One, use finishing spray or else your vanity will tell you that your mask will have removed all your makeup and you'll look like a mess when you get up on the stage. Two, I take great comfort in the pulpit. <laughs> I don't like the music stand. And uh, <clears throat> three, bring a cup of water up with you in case you cry. <laughs> Um, I'm going to talk to you today about whispers and community, which are two things I feel really passionate about. Um, oh, look at my husband coming to rescue me with my empty coffee cup. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> my good husband. Um, this is also why I like the pulpit. You can sneak a little something in there. Um, so many years ago, God gave me a word for my life. And that word 
was builder. Um, and when he gave me that word, it seemed funny to me. I was like, what? I'm not a builder. I don't like go and construct houses. That's, that's not my calling. I've never felt compelled to do these things. Like, why are you telling me to be a builder? And so I had to really lean into that word. And I had to ask God for more. And when I asked him for more, what my God told me was that I was supposed to build my heart and I was supposed to build my endurance. And so I did. And those of you who know me know I spent a lot of years running. I ran a lot. I ran, I think I've run 12 half marathons now. So like, I, I did, I've moved my body and I did CrossFit and I hiked and I snowshoed and I biked and I did some triathlons and I just moved all the time. And while I did that, I built a physical resiliency in my heart. But what God did in that time while I was building a physical resiliency in my heart was he was building an empathy in my heart as well. And as I built empathy, I built community. And community, for me, is huge. I love people. <laughs> I love to take care of people. I love to be around people. I love to have people in my home. COVID is killing me. I cannot host. <laughs> um, but I love, I love community and my empathy that God built as I was building my heart physically um, has enabled me to build an incredible community. Um, and while it all sometimes seems silly, building that physical endurance, uh, when Evelyn got sick, I knew, I knew why I had to build a physical endurance. Um, I needed to be able to go a long time without respite. Running marathons taught me how to go long and far without breaks. Um, I built resiliency in that time. And the community I built, the people that I loved so much and the people that I loved to take care of, I now had to rely on them to take care of me. I had friendships that I had nourished and a church whom I've loved almost the entirety of my life. I've attended this church. Um, and those people protected my heart against the harshness of what we were journeying. And so in my life, I, I feel very called to be a builder um, and, and one thing I've learned through the whispers of God is that not only am I supposed to build community, but I'm supposed to allow people to build me up as well. So how do we hear those whispers and how do we respond to them? Because it all seems really simple. One day God said, Heather, you're a builder. And it doesn't work like that. Um, it had to start in sitting in communion with God. Like Brian just said, you've got to sit in that space and you have to be quiet because those whispers, God is usually not screaming at you. Um, so you've got to sit in quiet so you can hear what your God is saying to you. And the God, that day that I asked God the word he had wanted for my life, I had to sit for a long time in quiet, waiting for him to reveal. I had to slow down so I could hear what he was going to reveal to me. And for me, initially, that word was not so much a word as it was a vision. As I sat there waiting, arms open and quiet, I saw a hammer and I saw a ladder and a house. I saw a house in my mind. And I needed to sit with that until I knew what it meant. Once I knew what it meant, 
that is when I heard God whisper the word, Heather, you are a builder. It was a whisper, but it shuddered through my whole soul, and it made the arms on my or the hair on my arms stand on end. And it was pure, and it was good, and because it came with light, I knew it was God speaking to me. So this is the next thing I want to touch on. The devil likes to trick us. He wants us to think it is him speaking. He's really good at making us think he is God speaking. But if we are truly listening with conviction, we can discern the voice of God from Satan's. The word, Satan's give you, the word Satan gives you will not be pure. It's probably going to make you feel bad about yourself or about other people. It's not going to have a good intention behind it. And often it's fueled by a selfish motivation. So when you hear these whispers, you need to sit back and you need to think, is this something that is helping me to rely on my relationship with God? What is the intrinsic motivation here? Where am I taking this? What is God asking me to do with this? If it feels good, if it makes you feel good about yourself and good about people and good about your purpose, that is when you know it is God speaking to you and not Satan. I often tell my kids, do you feel it in your tummy? Does it give you a good feeling or a yucky feeling? If you have a yucky feeling, that is not God. Jesus desires our best. The words he whispers into your heart will build a reliance on God. They will build your convictions about your purpose, and they will speak life into every single part of you. If it lies in your relationship with God, you will find that hearing and following those whispers will become significantly more successful. That is when your doors open. God will make things happen for you to follow his purpose. Having a word from the Holy Spirit, I, I had this epiphany talking to my friend Trent this week, is like having a sample from Costco. So you go to Costco and there's little samples everywhere. Well, not anymore, but there used to be. And you can have your little samples and can try them. And like you have to think, how do you respond to those samples? You seek out more. Like how many people have gone to Costco on a Saturday for a sample lunch? <laughs> I see hands going up. Yes, exactly. So you are constantly seeking out more as you're eating those samples. Eat those samples. Know that those samples in your faith, in your heart from God in those whispers are a taste of the Holy Spirit of what is to come. They are your evidence that hope is alive, that there is a dawn that is breaking within you. These samples help you keep reminded and renewed of the promises God is giving you. These samples, however, never really feel like enough, do they? But they are encouraging, and they encourage us to keep listening and to keep moving. But every once in a while, do you have one of those really good samples where you're like, how much is that one? Where do I find it? Do you have a coupon for this sample? Because <laughs> you want to buy into the whole thing. That is the one. That is your planted whisper from the Holy Spirit. Those are the samples that you're buying into in your life. And those will only come to you if you continue to consume what God is putting in front of you. 
you have to keep moving around Costco and trying all the samples to find the one that you really love, the thing that you want to buy and bring home. That is your faith, right? Like that is your purpose. When you find your big one, that is, that is your moment. That is the big juicy goodness that the Holy Spirit has given you to fuel your life, to find your purpose in him. And once you begin to follow those whispers, you need to know that God is going to open doors for you. He is going to empower you to complete his mission. Um, a few years ago, I read a book. Um, I love reading, and I especially love reading books um, about life and about um, like kind of self-help style books. I love those books. I'm a big fan of like the Elizabeth Gilberts and the Brene Browns and the Mark Buchanans and, and like all these books that I just consume them. And I read this book once and it said, if you don't use an idea, it will move on to another person to be used. Now this book was not written by a Christian author and I had to think about that for a bit because I thought, you know, What's the point of the Holy Spirit giving me a word if he's just going to take that word and give it to someone else if I don't use it right away? Like, what if I'm still learning how to heal? What am I going to do with this? And what I had to realize is that, yes, the Holy Spirit will move that idea on to another person if it's a simple task, if it's something that basically anyone can accomplish. But the Holy Spirit is not going to give your word to someone else if it is your big thing, if it is your purpose, if it is your full buy-in at Costco. God is patient. <laughs> he is going to sit and he is going to wait for you to carry that purpose. And he is going to enable you to triumph within him. He's not moving on to someone else if that is what he believes you are doing for him, if that is what your true purpose is. He is waiting, and when he is there, and when you are there, and you meet together, you need to be ready. <laughs> you have to take courage. You ready your heart, and you run, because God is going to give you endurance when that happens. Um, I need to go a little off topic here. This is not necessarily in my notes. Um, but I feel it's important to share this. Um, even if you are fulfilling your ultimate purpose for God. I knew many years before Evelyn got sick that I was supposed to be a builder. Um, and I was doing that, and I was building. I was building community, and I was following all the words. Um, suffering is not an obstacle to being used. I know, because I've suffered. I've sat at the feet of God, and I've literally screamed for him to answer prayers that he did not answer, prayers that I will not understand until I'm in heaven myself. Um, why he didn't meet me that day. But I continue to live in my purpose that God has given me, and I know that God desires his best for me, even though I don't always understand the why. Um, I don't want you to be mistaken here, though. Um, just because I've continued to find a purpose despite my pain does not mean that Evelyn's death happened for a reason. We don't have to punctuate the things in life with a pretty bow on top. 
just because I've been able to continue to seek out joy and lightness does not mean Evelyn's death was something good. Um, our lives, like so many of you, are messy and full of pain. We miss her. Um, but we have joy. And the thing I love about joy so much is that joy, and this is like an actual psychological concept, joy is able to walk alongside many feelings. Joy and sadness, joy and anger, joy and pain. They live together. This is why joy is my greatest gift from the Holy Spirit. Um, because I can walk all of these things together. Oh, look at you guys always taking care of me. Thank you. <laughs> um, joy is what has enabled me to find some light amongst the grief and the questions that I have for God. And the thing I know is that God knows my sorrow. He knows it intimately because he also watched his own child die. Um, because I know God understands, I'm able to continue to search for peace. Some of that peace for me comes from being a builder. And the intrinsic motivation behind that building is goodness. Uh, okay, back on topic. <laughs> um, how do we nurture, sustain, and develop our whispers? Um, first of all, don't wait until you're confident to show up. Show up until you're confident. This is true of everything in life. Just fake it till you make it. I'm really good at that. I have a lot of people convinced that I'm really good at a lot of things that I'm only mediocre at, <laughs> that I eventually became really good at. <laughs> um, so. I used to tell Ev all the time when she was in the hospital, going through procedures and tests, she handled things really, really well. But things like pokes and the NG tube and catheters, she hated so much. And I used to tell her, um, you will never be 100% ready. Um, sometimes you just have to do it, even though you don't want to, even though you don't feel ready for it. And God says the same thing to us. Even if you don't feel ready, I'm gonna to continue to work in you and I want you to keep moving forward. These are important things to take with us in our day-to-day -day life. The other thing God wants us to be is your own hype person. It's okay to cheer yourself on. It's okay to stand up and say, I am really good at this. I really believe in this. I am proud of this. This is a great way to build your confidence it's also a really great way to help you lean into your purpose and find what you're doing. The next thing I wanna to touch on is we do not go it alone. So many people think they have to be a lone wolf, they have to do all these things by themselves, but you don't. And in fact, it's not even biblical. <laughs> the early church had kept a council of 12. Jesus himself kept a council of 12 with him and beyond that. He was always gathering people to help him build his purpose, to help him keep moving forward and doing what God had asked him to do. So I want you to take a minute here and think about the people in your life. Who are those people? What is their purpose? 
you've probably got a few people that immediately come to mind. There's different people in our life, and the Holy Spirit has planted them there with purpose and intention. The intention is to help you build your team. A team helps anchor you. Like the scripture Harper read from Ecclesiastes, verse 12 says, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. This is that biblical idea. When you are working and walking alongside people, the enemy has a lot harder time defeating you. He helps you. And the people that the Holy Spirit has placed in your community are also there to help you. They anchor you, they feed your purpose, they feed your hope, and there's significance in that. They are your community, and community is intensely important. A concept I'm also acutely aware of, because if it were not for my community, I don't know that I would be standing here today. So what does it look like to cultivate a community that enables you to be better at hearing and responding? To me, this is threefold. You have your challengers, your encouragers, and your peers. I like to think about it like this. <laughs> if you were preparing for a race, you would have a coach, you would have a cheering section, and you would have other runners alongside you. Your coach is your person who examines the finite details of what you do. They're the person that analyzes your gait. They are the person that looks at your breathing, your technique. They are the person who continuously corrects you until you get it right. Your coach is a challenger. They make your corrections so you are able to pursue all that you are able to be. Sometimes their intention is not to make you feel good, but instead their intention is to cause you to evaluate where you are at and what you are doing. Your coach is very important. Their ultimate purpose is to ensure you're leaning into God and his word. This person ensures you are fulfilling your purpose even when it doesn't look pretty. You know, Sometimes when you step out to do something, you're gonna fall, and you're gonna fall awkwardly, but at least if you have a coach alongside you, you're not awkwardly falling by yourself. Next, you have your cheering section. These people are your encouragers. Your encourager knows your heart. They know it, and they know it well. They love you, and they love your purpose. Sometimes your encourager also shares your purpose. They carry the same calling as you, and you guys walk alongside each other, encouraging each other to meet, to meet these plans and to meet these purposes that God has put in front of you. They understand your purpose, they want you to hear the whispers, and they want you to follow through as much as you wanna follow through. There is something so significant to having a special, person who is a true and honest encourager. In your life, you're gonna have a lot of people in your cheering section. They're probably the biggest of your three. The, the cheering section is the biggest. Your cheering section is also gonna be available, like all three parts, in every aspect of your life. You're gonna have people at work, you're gonna have people at home. For us, we have people at the hospital. These people are cheering us, and in our case, we had an experience while Ev was in treatment where all of our communities came together as one and cheered us on. And that is an incredible, incredible experience. And I think when you're doing really big things for God, 
your communities will collaborate together and they will cultivate a positive culture in your heart. Um, in my own life, I am so thankful for my cheerleaders. They are the people who cheer me on, even when I set audacious goals. Um, oh man, I wasn't gonna share this, but we have a really cool story. So with Evelyn's anniversary coming up on Friday, we, um, we were, were just sad. And we didn't know what to do to honor her this week. But we knew we needed to do something, and we knew a lot of people felt like they needed to do something because we've had a lot of messages asking how they can help us honor Ev this week. And so we thought we were going to do something super tangible because Evelyn loved community as well. And so we want to buy 100 parking passes for people at the hospital. A monthly pass at the hospital is $7, or $70. So if we were going to buy 100, well, there's $71. So if we were going to buy 100, we needed to raise $7,100. And we thought, this is pretty big and pretty audacious, but we're going to give it a go. We're going to give people a week to come together and, and do this and contribute, and we're going to take care of some people at the hospital that are journeying medical trauma. And I posted that less than 12 hours ago, and we are at almost $11,000. <laughs> This is community, my friends. These are encouragers. This was an audacious, a huge goal. We're doubling it. We're just going to buy 200 passes. Um, there's a need for it, and people want to keep giving. Um, this is why you invite people into your life. This is why you let people walk alongside you, and, and you know that the Holy Spirit has put those people there for you because they are encouraging you, and they are building you up. And for me, they're the people that enable me to put one foot in front of the other, especially in my grief. Um, these are people who made us meals, cleaned our home, and prayed endlessly the same prayers we were playing. And these people are special to me. Lastly, you have your fellow runners. They are the people who model and share the same common goal as you. They're running towards the same finish line that you are. They are your peers. These people have the same calling as you, they probably share your talents and your energy, and they definitely want the same outcome you want. What's so remarkable about someone who is truly walking in intention with God beside you that is your peer is they're not jealous of your calling. They're, they're understanding your purpose better than anyone, and they're pursuing the same whispers, and they know what it looks like to be in your shoes. And these people can also be your encouragers, which is so remarkable. They get to have two purposes in your life, two very significant ones. So in life, the Holy Spirit is gonna give you a lot of samples to taste and many races to run. You have to decide, do you wanna be a watcher or a participant? And if you're able to sit in quiet and commune with God, and take those whispers and do something with them, that is when you become a participant. So this is my takeaway for you today. Listen well, respond with authenticity, and live in community. If you do these things, you will be empowered to a radical state of running towards God's goals for you. Um, okay. <laughs> I did it. Okay, um, before I step away, I just want to introduce someone to you. Carolee Fair is here today. Um, I feel like this is such a special service because we kind of get the best of all the worlds. We got pre-recorded worship and we had a child up here. 
and we have live worship. And Carolee is actually someone who lives in the community of my heart. Carolee is one of my encouragers, but I think in a lot of ways, Carolee is one of those dual-fold people because she also has a lot of similar purpose to me and similar whispers in that Carolee is a builder. And um, I am just so thankful for her friendship and who she is. And um, there is a song by Bethel called Starlight, which I love. And it's the song of my heart these days, and it's the one I've played over and over and over again. And it is um, going to be sung now by Carol Lee, and it just feels really, really in tune with, with listening to whispers. Um, so I'd encourage you, the words will be up so you, you can follow along. Um, but also maybe just take a minute and close your eyes and put your hands out and listen to God and just ask him what is my word, Lord. What do you want from me? Where do you want me to go? And enjoy and just let the music wash over you as you're hearing from God. And know that God is your ultimate encourager. And he wants the best for you. And he wants you to do your best for him. <laughs> 